This is Your Path with Bishop Mark from Dallas Universal Life Church in Dallas, Texas. Forget what you think you know about church. Good afternoon. The story is told of a Franciscan monk in Australia assigned to to be the guide and gopher to Mother Teresa when she visited New South Wales. Thrilled and excited at the prospect of being so close to this great woman, he dreamed of how much he would learn from her and what they would talk about. But during her visit, he became frustrated. Although he was constantly near her, the friar never had the opportunity to say one word to Mother Teresa. There were always other people for her to meet. Finally, her tour was over and she was due to fly to New Guinea. In desperation, the Franciscan Franciscan friar spoke to Mother Teresa, if I pay my own fare to New Guinea, can I sit next to you on the plane so I can talk to you and learn from you? Mother Teresa looked at him, you have enough money to pay airfare to New Guinea? She asked. Yes, he replied eagerly. Then give that money to the poor, she said. You'll learn more from that than anything I can tell you. Mother Teresa understood that Jesus's ministry was to the poor and she made it hers as well. She knew that uh, they more than anyone else needed good news. On a Saturday morning in Nazareth, Uh, The town gathered in the synagogue to listen to Jesus read and teach. It was no big surprise. He was well known in the area. It was his hometown. He was raised there. They wanted to learn from him. So when he read from uh, from the Isaiah scroll, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor, everyone understood these words to be the words of Isaiah. It is how that prophet from long ago defined his ministry. When Jesus finished that reading, he handed the scroll to the attendant and sat down. In that day you sat in the, Mo- in the Moses seat to teach to the people. Today preachers stand in a pulpit. So all eyes were on Jesus, waiting for him to begin his teaching. What would he say about his great prophet Isaiah? What, what uh, would he em- emphasize that, uh, the bad news? Israel had sinned and would be taken into captivity by the Babylonians. Or would he emphasize, or would the emphasis be, or would the emphasis, would the emphasis be the good news? One day God would re- restore the people and bring them back from captivity. It was Israel's ancient history, but it still spoke volumes. Now here's the wonderful twist, the thing that catches everyone off guard that Saturday. Jesus does neither. He doesn't emphasize the past. He focuses on the present. He doesn't lift up, the, lift up Isaiah as the great role model. Jesus lifts up himself. This is the pertinent point. It's what upsets everybody at the synagogue. It's why everybody was furious with him and drove him out of town. They were going to kill him. He, he dared to say that these great words of Isaiah were really about himself. Today, he said, The scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. This afternoon, let's look at the uh, ministries of Isaiah and Jesus. Why are their ministries so closely tied? And why does Jesus describe himself as fulfilling Isaiah's ministry? First, Isaiah's ministry. Who was this man? He lived 700 years before Christ and was a prophet during the reign of King (laughs) Hezekiah. Hey, you got to kill that one. Hezekiah. He spent most of his life in the city of Jerusalem. Now, what was his ministry? Let me tell you first that it was not a ministry that any man would be proud to fulfill. 
his ministry was to proclaim the uh, proclaim the uh, will, will to proclaim the awful and fearsome judgment that would be brought upon Israel and any nation that defies God. But there was more. His message was to add salt to the wound because God was going to use the wicked kingdoms of Assyria and Babylon to, uh, to destroy his people and take them into captivity and slavery. Do you know what Isaiah called that day? The day of the Lord. So the next time you hear that phrase, remember that it's not a good thing. The day of the Lord is to be feared. How could God so abandon his people? Let me tell you about a uh, commencement speech that was addressed to Harvard's senior class. On the morning of their graduation, seniors gathered in Memorial Church to hear the, min uh, the minister offer words of uh, solace and encouragement as they leave the yard to take their place in the world. The 1998 senior class heard the unvarnished truth from the Reverend Peter Gomez, minister at Harvard and the author of several books on the Bible. And Dr. Gomez took no prisoners that day. He began, You're going to be sent out of here for good. And most of you aren't ready to go. The president is about to bid you into the fellowship of educated men and women. And, and here he paused and spoke each word slowly for emphasis. You know just how dumb you really are. The senior class cheered in agreement. And worse than that, Dr. Gomez continues, the world, and your parents in particular, are going to expect that you will be among the brightest and the best. But you know that you can no longer fool all the people, even some of the time. By noontime today, you will be out of here. By tomorrow, you will be history. By Saturday, you will be toast. That's a fact, no exceptions no extensions. Nevertheless, there is reason to hope, Dr. Gomez promised. The future is God's gift to you. God will not let you, let, will not, will not let you stumble or fall. God has not brought you this far to this place to abandon you or leave you here alone and afraid. The God of Israel never stumbles, never sleeps, never goes on sabbatical. Thus, my beloved and bewildered young, young friends, do not be afraid. Now, what Dr. Gomez did for the senior class of Harvard, Isaiah does for Israel. This is the wonderful part of Isaiah's ministry. It's true that he told them they would be destroyed, but he also preached a message of restoration. He stood on the steps of the temple in Jerusalem and told them there was hope. There would be a year of jubilee. There would come a, a time when God would forgive. Listen to Isaiah's words in chapter 14. The Lord will save compassion on Israel. Once again, he will choose his people and settle them in the land. And the house of Israel will, be, will, will possess the nations. Now don't, forget this, don't forget this, my friends. God is a holy, God is a holy God. And he must punish his rebellious people, but he will afterwards redeem them. Now with this in mind, listen to what Isaiah tells the people in chapter 61. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me to preach good news to the poor. Bind up the brokenhearted, 
proclaim freedom for captives, and release the prisoners from darkness. Do you hear the message? It is God redeeming his people from captivity. It's a kind of second exodus. Isaiah had a name for this day. He called it the year of the Lord's favor. This is a good phrase. Next time you hear it, be glad. And this is the theme that Jesus draws from. Let's now take a look at Jesus' ministry. When Jesus sits down in the, in the Moses seat and begins his sermons, uh, he applies Isaiah's words to himself. But there's one thing more. Jesus isn't prom uh, proclaiming restoration. Jesus intends on fulfilling that restoration. He's going to complete the work that is, uh, Isaiah left undone. Let's stop for a minute here and ask a question. It's the question we asked at the beginning. Why does Jesus describe himself as fulfilling Isaiah's ministry? How is Jesus going to finish or complete Isaiah's work? Wasn't the work already fulfilled when Israel was redeemed and brought out of Babylonian captivity? The answer is yes, in a manner of speaking. They even rebuilt their temple that had been destroyed in the war. You can read about that in the Old Testament, uh, Ezra and Nehemiah. So how is Jesus fulfilling it? Here it is. Now don't miss this. God said it is through suffering of the servant that salvation in its fullest sense would be realized. Israel, described here as male servant, would have to suffer before he could be redeemed. Here is how Isaiah described the redemptive nature of Israel's suffering. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and familiar with suffering, like one from whom uh, men hide their faces. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he took up our excuse me, surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows, carried our sorrows, yet we condensed him, considered, I'm sorry, we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our inequities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the inequity of us all. And by now you recognize that these words are descriptive of Jesus' suffering on the cross, and they are. But they were, first a, uh, they were first a description of what Israel would have to endure before she could be redeemed. Here's the great truth. It is through suffering that we are set free from our prisons. Eli Weasel a teenage, teenager then, witnessed the death of many family members. He recalls the day when he, as well as the other prisoners, were finally liberated from Auschwitz by the, by the Allies. On that day, powerful, strong soldiers broke down the fences of the concentration camp to release the prisoners. Frail, feeble, gaunt, and near death. They were terrible victims of a horrible criminal evil. In spite of his condition, Weasel remembers one soldier, a strong black man who, upon seeing the horror of human suffering, was overcome with grief. 
He fell to his knees, sobbing in a mix of disbelief and sorrow. The captives now liberated walked over to the soldier, put their arms around him, and offered comfort to him. I can't help but wonder what it is that Jesus saw on that day he began his ministry, looking out at those gathered in the synagogue, just as I am looking out at you this afternoon. As near as I can figure, he saw the same thing that strong black soldiers saw, terrible victims of a horrible criminal evil. And this is no compliment. Listen to his words. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery to the, of the sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free. You know, we don't like to think of ourselves as victims of sin, but evil, in a manner of speaking, has had its own way with us. And when Jesus arrived on the, on the scene, already uh, ready to liberate us prisoners, I'm sure he was overcome with grief. The good news in our, in our ally has, is our ally has arrived. This is the year of the Lord's favor. This is the good news. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's talk about announcements. Pray at DallasULC.com. Pray at DallasULC.com. Just give us an email. Uh, just drop us an email here if you'd like to have us uh, uh, remember your prayers with our daily prayers. We pray every day here at Dallas Universal Life Church. We'd be glad to do that for you. Uh, you can remain anonymous. You can give us your name. Also on Sundays, we do the prayer of intercessions. If you'd like for your prayers to be included with that for the entire congregation to read, uh, you're welcome to do that as well. Just let us know in the email, pray at lcolc.com. Again, you can remain anonymous or give us your name. It's also a great place if you'd like to have a service dedicated to somebody, either someone who's passed on in memory of them, or to give it as a gift, a graduation gift, a Christmas gift, birthday gifts, anniversary gifts. They're great gifts to give uh, to people. And I think it's, it's uh, something that can be cherished. Today we offered the mass, or the service today, in honor of my partner, uh, Ron Alford, Ronnie Alford, who passed away uh, on yesterday, actually, uh, nine years ago. So remember him today. All right, moving on. Join your church and leave a legacy of helping others. Now, guys, y'all aren't signing up for this. And I don't know what the deal is. <laughs> it's very simple. Pray.com. Go to pray.com. Download our app. It's okay. We're having some PowerPoint issues. That's all right. We've had some, some problems all week. Like I said, I think God is trying to tell us to maybe go back to the basics a little bit. So we'll do that right now. Um, I have to I have to, I have to remember what the, all these uh, were because they were not written down. So, oh, there it is again. Yeah. Uh, Pray.com. Listen, this is a place where you can, uh, every every day, I post a new prayer here. It's nothing elaborate, long, huge. It's, it's nothing you know, near as long as the Mass. It's, it's, it's usually one sentence or two sentences, and it's, it's just a prayer for the day. Um, and I ask that you pray it with us. Uh, it's also a place where I, we might put announcements in there. I do publish, I do pub post the, uh, the uh, video uh, of the service uh, that we do every week there, uh, our YouTube video. Um, it's also a place if you like to tithe online. You, can't, you don't want to give with your cash every Sunday or you can't be here on a Sunday and you still need to tithe. You can do it with your credit card or PayPal accounts or whatever. And they have that all set up there for you. It's very simple. You can do all of that right there at pray.com. So please take a chance, take a, take a moment, and go and download the app from the um, App Store or from Google Play, okay? App, it's at pray.com. Okay, moving on. Hey, did y'all know we had a podcast? No. We do. We got a podcast. It's pretty cool, too, let me tell you. Um, guys, I, I'm going to tell you, it's been a phenomenon. Uh, over the past two or three weeks, 
uh, about three weeks ago, two weeks ago, we were averaging about 31 uh, listens per episode. Now we're over we're over 50 episodes now uh, on our podcast list, and they, all the old ones are still there. They're cataloged, and people can go listen to them as they wish. For some reason, over the past month or so, that number has uh, has changed drastically. And believe it or not, I'm going to give you some good news. It's doubled. We're like 63 episodes, 63 listens per episode. That's that's amazing to me. I mean, in one month, we have doubled what we've done all the time we've been here. So, 63 episodes, 63 listens, 63 listens per episode. That's 63 times 50 something is what? I mean, that's thousands. So, guys, we're we're doing something right, and somebody's listening, and they're going back and listening to some of the old services and some of the, the ones in the back in the past, and then hopefully they're getting something from it. And I'm really, I'm, I'm absolutely very, very, very proud that that our services are are uh, getting the attention that they're getting, and I hope that it continues to, to rise. But uh, if you haven't listened to our, web, our podcast yet, maybe this is what gets them there. Maybe this is, it's this ad every week that gets them there. Or the, Are you, uh, huh? or the QR code. Or the QR code, yes, right. We've got a new ad coming out with the QR code, so we're going all fancy here. Remember, God's trying to tell us to go back to basics. I'm not sure about that. You can hear us on Anchor, Pocket Casts, Stitcher, Radio Public, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, CastBox, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and TuneIn. Or, if you don't remember all that, just go search on your favorite Google site or MSN site or wherever you do your search and search for Your Path with Bishop Mark. That's Your Path with Bishop Mark. We're out there everywhere, guys. Okay, moving on. Compliments, concerns, suggestions, or complaints. Compliments, concerns, congestions, or complaints. Very simple here. Just give us an, e- an email at feedback at dallasvlc.com. Just email us feedback at dallasvlc.com. It's pretty self-explanatory there, guys. Okay. I believe that does it for our announcements for today. A bishop a day keeps the devil away. You're listening to Your Path with Bishop Mark from Dallas Universal Life Church in Dallas, Texas. So what would you like? What would you not like? What do you want to keep? What do you want to get rid of? Today we talked about good news. Right? What's the good news? Oh, yeah. Were you wait for the whole service, for the whole uh, uh, sermon, were you? I think our computers were asleep today for sure. What is the good news? What's the good news? Who's our ally? Jesus Christ, right? So, this is the first time he's preached to the world, right? First time he's preached to the world. This is the first public speaking bit that we have in the Bible of Jesus Christ, recording of Jesus Christ preaching to the world today in our scripture.
compare himself to Isaiah's words? Right, what does that mean? Why, why does he compare himself to Isaiah? To the, to the, to the, to the uh, ministry of Isaiah? What, what is he, why, is he, why is he doing that? Why? What is the day of our Lord? What is that day that it's actually what they call it something a little less, a little other than that? What do they call it? No, 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 no. I said it earlier. It's you're right. The day of our Lord. The day of the Lord. Do you know what Isaiah called that day? What day is that? Let's see. Let's look back here real quick. Here we go. Here we go. Who was this man? He lived 700 years before Christ and was a prophet during the reign of King Hezekiah. He spent most of his life in the city of Jerusalem. Now what was his ministry? Let me tell you first, it was not a ministry that any man would be proud to fulfill. His ministry will be to proclaim the awful and fearsome judgment that would be brought upon Israel and any nation that defies God. But there was more. His message was to add salt to the wound because God was going to use the wicked kingdoms of Assyria and, and take them into captivity and slavery. Do you know what Isaiah called that day? The day of the Lord. So the next time you hear that phrase, remember that it's not a good thing. The day of the Lord is to be feared. Now, on the contrary, on the, on the opposite end of that spectrum, we talked about what? Which is a minute ago. Which, I don't know. What was the other, the other, the other day that was... In, What was it called? You had it right first time. The year of the Lord favor. Lord favor. This is the year of the Lord's favor. So the day of our Lord is not a good time. Good thing. It's the time that it's a, the wrath is. Huh? Well, it is an Old Testament reference. It's exactly what it is. And the day of the Lord's favor is. No, not necessarily. It's also. It's also there. The day of the Lord's favor is is the day that our ally arrives. But remember, in the Old Testament, we're talking about he's comparing what? Israel to Jesus Christ. The, 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 the tribe of Israel, the Israelis, the Jews, to Jesus. And it talks about... He's foreseeing, and Jesus is living in the prophecy of what... Right. There you go. There you go. You get it now? That's the comparison there. It's the, he describes Jesus Christ's crucifixion to a T. But he's talking about Israel. This is what will happen to our land, Israel. You know, our people. Well, no, it also happens to Jesus Christ. He, he fulfills the prophecy in that way. I always put one to sleep, don't I? Um, what about that story about good old Mother Teresa? This is the second week in a row we've I've mentioned Mother Teresa. I guess I just had her on my mind. I like the part when she said, if you got some money for an airplane ticket, going over there, honey, just go and give it. <laughs> I'm not sure she said it quite that way, but okay. She said, you know, look, you're going to learn a lot more by giving away something rather than trying to idolize me and listen to what I have to say. I'm just, oh, absolutely. Amazing woman. But she said, give it to the poor. Give that money to the poor. You'll learn more that way. That's, that's a big statement. You know. Jewel of whatever uh, the saying is, um, 
Well, he got it. He got it. He sure got it. Uh, it wasn't what he was expecting at all. Oh, sure. What about the, the commencement speech? You know what that sounded like to me? It sounded like something that I would say. What do I always say about myself? I don't mince words. I don't have time for all the sugar coating. I don't. Huh? Well, yeah, I don't think that we don't need to waste. I think it's a waste of time to sugarcoat things, to not, to not take them for what they're worth, to not, to not say what it is that, you know, this is what it is. And that's what that minister did there to that class in Harvard. How dumb you really are. You know, graduating from Harvard. Right. What did they put up on a pedestal, aren't they? Definitely. High expectations, high, you know, hopes. And you hear, you hear, you hear Harvard graduates. Like, oh, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. But he tells them, look. You're not as smart as you think you are. We're not going to hear, sit here and sugarcoat this whole thing. Yeah, you went to Harvard. Great. Good for you. Now go out there and get a real lesson in life and learn what it's really like to live because it's not as simple as you think it's going to be. You know, I, I, I laugh at people. Yeah, college is great. It's fantastic. But you don't learn... You don't learn anything until you get out there in life and are able to apply some of those skills that they give They give you some skills in, in college, right? But I think you really learn when you get out there and start using them. Right. Okay. Then you have to do uh, residency if you're an undergrad from, from doctor and before you even touch a scalp, you got to do some residency. Okay, for a medical doctor. For a medical doctor, practicing like a surgeon or something. Before you touch a scalp, what? Before you touch a, a, a set of a, a body or in school for at least that's after. I mean, you're talking about a medical doctor. Yeah, before that, I mean, you've got you've got you've got to get to your master's, yeah. which is eight, at least eight years. At least eight years before you touch anybody. Well, yeah, and then you got. Well, then you you don't touch anybody until you've completely dissected a cadaver, completely. Residency, correct? Under a, under a, a doctor that's there, right? A practicing doctor, right? That's that's how you learn. It's kind of like here, you know. If, if we were to have somebody who was, wanted to be a, a, a minister at our church, I would take them in under my wing and, and teach them uh, what I do. Right. And they, I would you know, kind of say, look, follow me. Let me show you what I do. Learn from me, and then we'll, see, we'll go from there. That's not, all their, that's not all of their teaching. That's not all of their learning. They still have you know, quite a bit of schoolwork right. and, and studying of the, of the Bible and the scriptures and, and way, the way we interpret it. Um, but it's important to have, and we talked about mentorship last year, last week. I, I know y'all weren't here, but we talked about mentors and, and about how important it is to um, to have. It's, it's too bad that we don't have them for the church and for for everything we do. You know, as somebody who's been there, and that's the one thing you can find. As I talked about, you could find a church was you know, there's people who have been there before. If you're having a tough time, come on, you know. But don't forget in the good times also to come on because you might be the one they're looking for. If somebody's having a bad time and, and they need your help. Church is a, a wonderful place. It's, they talk about networking today. Networking, all these words, networking, you know. Have these lunches and things for networking. Well, we don't need all that. We got church.
you can network here with some people. You wouldn't believe all the people that come into church and kind of backgrounds you get and the, the interesting people. You know, I went to church with some really neat people. I went to church with, you know who Charlie Pride is? Charlie Pride? He's a, a, a country western singer. He's one of the first black country western singers. Uh, yeah, and he was a member of our congregation at St. Monica when I was growing up. It was awesome to sit next to him and listen to him sing the gospel, the, uh, the, uh, ser- the uh, sorry, the, uh, uh, the hymns uh, during service. It was, it was, it was, everybody kind of, it would, it was, the church would be empty and there'd be like this little crowd around. <laughs> Oh, God gave him a talent, and he used it, and hopefully for some good, too. I'm not sure he did. I bet he did. I bet he did. <clears throat> you know, we talk about a mentor can, can help you build that foundation. We've talked about this before, how important that foundation is to your life. You know, uh, Jesus is building his foundation now, and if you want to put it that way. He's, he's laying down the groundwork. He's saying, look, hey, I've done my miracle. You saw it, some of you. The word is out. Now, here's who I am. I am the anointed one. He was run out of town. Do you know that? No. That's the rest of the story. They shunned him. They had blasphemous. How dare you? Out of his hometown. Out of his own hometown, they said, get out. People are afraid of well, people are afraid of, of change, first of all. And that's the big thing. These are Jews who have been you know, studying the scripture for this way for, for thousands of years. And here's this man coming along saying he's the Messiah. And he is Jewish. You're a Messiah. We, 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 we watched you run around town in your diaper. And you're a Messiah? Come on now. Don't lie to me. No. Just as a 30-year-old kid who's... Wow. Oh, I'm sorry. I got one out over here. I'm losing another one here. You're next. Wow. It's okay. It's not a reflection. No, it's quite all right. I get it. You guys are tired. You worked all night helping to get things ready for church. I do appreciate it. And I'm sorry that you're so tired. You did. You slept all night. Lazy bones. And this one. Okay. It's okay. It's all right. We're gonna cut. We're not. We're not gonna go much longer. I mean, I know it's. I know it's been a long day. With, with all of the equipment malfunctions we had today, I mean, we had the, you know, we had microphone problems, we had uh, uh, PowerPoint problems, we had Macintosh problems, we had uh, uh, problems with the teleprompter, you know, we had camera problems. I mean, I don't know which more, which more we, could, we could have problems with, except for the lighting. Well, the lighting, I think, I think worked okay tonight, today, so. You know what? That instant gratification thing that you always have going on, you just have to wait. And you know, I, I can tell by that little uh, muffin top you got there that you're not going to be starving anytime soon. So you can be hungry all you want. I'm hungry just the same. Anyway, back to your, back to your uh, talk. <laughs> now that we've uh, aired it out on the national, on national, on the world wide web. Okay. Look, so they were building that foundation. That's what they just, the mentor would normally help. Now, who's going to mentor? Who's going to mentor Jesus? God. He's pretty perfect, wasn't he? He's pretty perfect. He really didn't need to be mentored. I think he knew what he was supposed to do, and he did it. He was still human. It's like Moses. He got he talked to a flaming bush in literal sense. I would say you're insane. But if Most of us would. But a few faithful ones that did not... I understand this as well, though. But, but did, I mean, look. Did he speak to a burning bush, or was it a parable? I think it could be... It, 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 um, I think it could be English. 
alliteration. And, and here's the here's the point I want to make about that though, because does it matter? It really didn't matter. I was, I was going to say about, about what you said about he's going to mentor Jesus just because he was perfect, if you will. Um, just, just hold on a second. Hey man, you're snoring. Oh. You're snoring. Come on now. Just because he's a perfect doesn't mean that he still maybe didn't. Uh, there were some things that the others might have known, or did he? Did he just know everything? Because I know. I know well, you know, look. Knows. Can you imagine? At first, I, I've always thought about this. You know, can you imagine raising Jesus? In, in the old I mean, you see, we're talking about. Right. Go ahead. Hillel was his mentor. Okay. Hillel. I mean, imagine him at five and six years old. Imagine at 9 and 10 years old, at 12 years old. At 12 years old, we're starting to see some things. We're starting to, the epiphanies are starting to go off in our head. We're starting to realize what life is really about, right? Who we are. We're starting to discover that, right? 15, 16, 18. We're starting to really come into our manhood and realize who we are, what we're supposed to do in the world. So I can only imagine Jesus listening to God, like I tell you two all the time to do, like I tell all of you to do. And that God was there with him the entire bringing him up and, and with Mary with Joseph it appears to like we said before it appears that Joseph died fairly early on in Jesus' life and he took over and took care of the family um, but he knew I don't think he you know I don't think he, I don't think he was you know grand and all this and at five years old saying I'm the son of God and I'm going to save the world and, no I don't think it was like that I think he was he was almost he was just he just was um, and then you know when the time came the time came he said my time has come you know Last week, during the water, during when when she came to 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 ask him to do something about the wine running out of the wedding, he said, "Are you crazy? I'm not the caterer. My time has not come yet. It's not time for me to, to show my miracle. Because what happens when he shows that miracle? That clock starts ticking, yeah. counting down. He knows what's coming. He doesn't want to die. He, none of us do. Well, none of us want to die. I mean." Our, our whole being, our whole, uh, uh, we're, we're, with us, the, our, our instinct is to protect our own lives, to, to protect ourselves, right? But, but, but this life after death is, is the promise that makes death okay. Okay, before he starts snoring again, let's just kind of sum it up. I apologize for it being a little jumpy. Uh, it, it's a beautiful sermon, and, and the, 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 you have to understand the, the teleprompter on me today was going this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I read the first time I could read it a little bit. Like the first time it was, um, the, the dyslexia had calmed down a bit. Right. I swear it skipped to the computer. It was, it was really, and I'm hitting the, I'm having to hit the pedal to stop it because it's, it's going ahead and I'm missing where it's, what it's saying. And it's going up, and I'm like, what in the world is it doing? Tried to, you know, to get my point across, and then I just kind of came across very jumpy. I apologize about that. We're gonna work on some things over there and try. I don't know what we're gonna do. We need, we need a better computer. That, that Macintosh is not able to handle what, we, what we're throwing at it, and you're growing bigger. we can't afford it right now. So you know, let's pray for some help. You know, if you're out there in donation land and Yahoo land or Eugenia. it was a YouTube land or, or our podcast is listening to us. Guys, look, we need some help and, and uh, we're, we're low on funds. We're having some trouble and, and we hope that you're enjoying and getting something out of our services. And if there's anybody out there that has a Macintosh that they're willing to donate to us or even any kind of computer that with, with, a, with a quite a bit of memory in it that can handle our videos and our sound and stuff like that, we would really appreciate something like that. Even if it's just, you know, look, on our podcast, I wanted to mention this earlier, but I didn't. On our podcast, there's a spot 
if you go to anchor.fm slash forward slash right forward slash um, your path with or it says, it's, it's just Bishop Mark yeah. so, so it's anchor.fm forward slash Bishop Mark on there there's a donation page and you could right you can donate to help to help keep our podcast going. And that's one of the things that keeps our podcast going is that computer over there. Uh, the QR code, the first thing you right. Right, right there. We've got some, some ads coming out with the QR code that are going to have that on it. Um, also, on our website, www.dallasulc.com, there's a support a, a, a giving page where you can go to PayPal and give to our church. We, we, we really could use the help. Um, or Amazon Smile, too. Amazon Smile is a great way to do it. Every time you, if you, you spend on Amazon, Amazon pays 0.5%, point, 50%, not 50%, but 0.5, it's, it's half of a first, half of a percent right. of what you spend to our church, which is, that's it. all you got to do is, every time you go on, on Amazon, just go to smile.amazon.com instead of amazon.com, go to smile.amazon.com, choose the church, Dallas Universal Life Church, and every time you go and spend there, it automatically goes to the church, and that's a great way. It's, 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 I mean, it's just, otherwise you're throwing the money away, it's not going anywhere. Why not give it to the church? And it does help us. I mean, that's what keeps us going here. I don't, I don't take a salary. You know, I put more money into this church than I ever take out. Um, and we, everybody else is a volunteer. So there are no paid salaries here. There should be, but we can't afford it yet. So we're just kind of living on a prayer and, and hoping that, you know, things get better and our growth, growth continues. And we're continuing online. We are continuing online, and we're going like crazy there. So all we're asking now is, is for the people who are experiencing us, if they're able to help us, please you know, throw a little something our way. We would appreciate it. I'm not good at fundraising. I'm not good at campaigning for things like that. I, it, it, I hate that part of my job, but it's a necessary portion of my job that I have to do. Yeah. Right. So Jesus has now introduced himself to the synagogue, right? And he's, I am, I am he, I'm the anointed one. Get the hell out of town! Who the hell do you think you are? Go out of here! And we ran him out of town. And the story is to be continued, I assume. So I guess we'll talk about it a little more next week. I'm ready. Y'all ready? Shalom. Alright guys. I think uh, we'll try and close it out in prayer, and I think it'll just probably be the three of us. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be the four of us. No? Yep, it is. All right, let's circle up, guys. Father in heaven, we thank you for this opportunity you've given us today to gather and to speak of your holy works and your beloved Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior. Lord, we ask that you grant us more sleeping time. (laughs) We ask that you grant us rest, grant us some time for our minds to be at peace and to really rest our bodies, rest our souls, rest our minds so that we can be all that you want us to be every day uh, as we follow the path that you have laid out for us. We ask you for our continued support for our church. We ask you for continued support for our families. And we ask that you bless us this week with your guiding presence to help us stay on our path. We ask all of this through Christ our Lord. Amen. 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 All right, guys, help me get this room back together.